Okay, so we're up to the Yud Gimel Amid Aleph. We're up to three lines into the page. Just to review, very pleasant off today. The review is like this. There's a Machloikas Tanoim, Ramei and the Rabbonon, whether it's better to be a slave or it's better to be a free man. A Kanani slave or a free man, a free uh, Jew. Now, the Negea is, can I be Zeichen La'adam Shalai Befanov? If it's better to be free, then if I give you the emancipation document to deliver to the slave, you could be it for the slave. If it's worse to be, if it's worse to be free, then it's a chayv in chav la'adam shalay b'fanav. So Rav Meir Shita is, Rav Meir Shita is that it's better to be a slave. It's better to be a slave. The Rabbanon disagree. So we had two arguments. Rav Meir, the Rabbanon had, uh, the Rav Meir had two arguments why it's better to be a slave. The first one was you get fed, right? Someone supports you financially as a, as a slave, not as a free man. The Rabbanon responded to that: you don't have to feed a slave. You could have a slave that works for free. Therefore, it's not better to be a slave because you're not getting fed. You'll be poor as a slave, you'll be poor as a free man. Better be free. Then Rameir's second response was, what about truma? Meaning, a slave of a kayan could eat truma, and even if he runs away, right, he anticipates that he's going to be freed, he could run away and collect truma wherever he wants. So now, that's a good point. So it's better to be a slave because you get truma. As opposed to a free man, you don't get truma. So the Gemara says, shop. Let me ask you, in, yeah. in the Gemara, I didn't see it over here, but I think it's brought down someplace that after the Hef Kerusim. Ah, so that we're going to have in three lines. Oh, you're going to have Yeah, yeah, we're going to have in three lines. So. <laughs> there you go. No, it's, it's, it's towards the end of the summit. So the Gemara says, uh, Alicia also asked that yesterday. So it's, uh, it's, it's, we're going to get to that in a second. So again, Ramirez's point is that it's better to be a slave because you get truma. So Shapir Kamar Lahu. So that's a good point. So how did the Rabbana respond to that? So the Gemara says, Amarava, Hainu the Gamahajulimasis, and this is what they meant when they answered the mission. It was ambiguous, but this is what they meant. You own the slave, meaning Right? What are you afraid of? Right? What what makes the slave powerful? It's that he anticipates being sold, being freed, right? He takes off. And he runs a couple states over and he just eats truma rest of his life, eating truma. That sounds pretty sweet. Ramayor says, better to be a slave. You know what the Rabbana responds? You could sell him wherever he is for four, for four, for four, uh, four zuzi. Meaning, who would, who would pay for a slave that's not in the state, that's on the land? The answer is, it's a flyer. I give 10 bucks, maybe he shows up. You could sell him to Yisrael. So it's surely get you out of your problem and yeah, no, so the point is like this. So what's your whole point? He gets truma, not necessarily. You could easily get rid of his truma by selling him to Yisrael for a dollar. And why would Yisrael pay a dollar? Because maybe he'll show up. The point is, so because you could take away his truma, it's not better to be a slave. We're going to say, oh, truma. He doesn't necessarily get truma. I could take a truma away. The second I could take truma away. Well, Lef that's his problem. He should know that he's not, uh, he shouldn't have ran away. It's on him. But you can't catch him. So what? I could sell him wherever he is. He's my property. I sell him a star. Boom. Sold him to Gavin. Boom. He's now Yisrael. He's now on by Yisrael. He can't eat him anymore. So that's his problem. What do I care? It's not my issue. Let him eat him all he wants. He's behind any storm. There are people in the Shabbos too. It's not my problem. How does the Evid actually go and eat Truma? He has a star. Yeah, let's say he got a star. At some point, he probably. You have to remember, a lot of times they would send slaves to collect the truma door to door. No, so they would send slaves door to door to collect the truma. So they probably gave like a tuda saying, I'm a slave of uh, Yaakov Cohen and from the Vad. And then they would go, they would use it. So he still has the document. The point is, I his whole big mile is he gets truma. He doesn't have to get truma. I can take his truma away. I'll sell him to you, you saw. 
Boom. Better to be a free man. Now, here's the Gemara's Kasha, though. Um, this is what you mentioned, and Alicia mentioned, and that is the whole point that Rav Meir has of why it's better to be a slave is because of truma. How, how many do this expression? There aren't that many kehanim. In Hashivenu, we have a lot of kehanim. There are not that many kehanim. So you tell me the groisa inyan to be a slave is because you get truma. If you're a subset of a subset, and if he's the slave of Yisrael, which is the overwhelming majority, he doesn't get truma anyway. So there's got to be something, meaning or mayor's argument that it's better to be a slave. While he mentioned truma, he must have something as ace up his sleeve to explain why it's better to be a slave. It can't just be truma, because truma is such a specific minute category. So the Gemara says... It's, uh, it's, actually, it's a good point. That's actually that doesn't work here. But no, I'm saying it's no, no, no. It's actually a good. Point. It's interesting. Ramir in general is looking for. Uh, no, true, but there has to be something that's applicable to all twelve shvatim. So the Gemara says there is When he's a slave, he could live with shifcha kananis, which he can't do anymore. So it's better to be a slave because you could have that taiva. Wait a minute, no, it's better to be a, a free man because then you can marry a Jewish woman. The answer is, it's better for an Evid would rather be a slave, rather be able to have uh, relations with any shifcha he wants. Why? Because he doesn't respect them, so therefore it's it's easier for him mentally, he doesn't have to respect them. Shechicha, they're much more common. And 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 and, and pritza, they themselves are prutzim, meaning he'd rather have bia with a shifcha than to be able to marry a Jewish woman. So the Gemara says, so that's the real explanation of Rameir. It's Avdebefker Nicha, like you said. Okay. So now this next mission is interesting. Yeah, we'll look at what? Yeah. No, that's the point. The question is, would you rather this thing? If I'm Mizaka for you to be free, that means that you'd rather be free. If you'd rather be a slave, then it's a choy for you. I can't do it. So he's saying, or maybe he's saying, the average guy would rather be a slave. We're Megayer because we say Zaka, a kid, because we say Zaka, Yeah, because he's being raised by parents, and he'd rather his parents, like, interact with him in a positive way, as opposed to... First, I don't know if it works by Zachan but even if it does, it works as Zachan It's Okay, whatever. But the point is, it's his chus because he'd like to be like his parents. A little six-year-old kid is not thinking about Avdeh Be'efker Nichalei. He no, no he, he's not. I'm telling you that that's not what it's referring to. Children at the age of four are not thinking they'd rather have a conjugal visit with a Shifcha Kananis than marry a Jewish woman. That's not what they're thinking about. So the point is, the, the point is, no, I'm serious. That's not what they're thinking about. They'd rather, they'd rather think, no, a four-year-old would rather think, I'd like my mom and me to be similar. I'd like to be able to have a relationship with my parents. So therefore, we think that's better. And that's why we ask him at the age of 13, are you interested? Interested. And if he says no, then this chos goes away, and he's back to being a guy. That's the point. Now, this next mission is very subtle, but you got to look at it because this entire daf, it's all mamish diyukim in the lashon. Okay, a guy says. Now we don't know. There's two choices. This is either a healthy person or a man on his deathbed. We'll see. It's either there's a concept called a shchiv mira, which we've had a little bit before. The Chazal empowered that a person on his deathbed, what he says, like if he says, give him uh, give him $100, you give him the $100, even if no Kenyan was formally done, because they understood that people on their deathbed, 
um, it, 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 it can go any time. We want to just make sure that they're fulfilled. Mitzvah l'kayim debrayames. We'd rather them fulfill the words of those that are dying and not make them make kinyonim because then it might not happen. So it says, Ha'omer tenu getzelishti. A person says, Give a get to my wife. Or star avdi, or give an emancipation document to my slave. Now he says it. Now nobody does anything yet. He says it and then dies. So what's the halacha? Lo yitnu misa. You don't write the, the 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 you don't write the get. You don't deliver the get to the wife, and you don't deliver the emancipation document because ain get misa. The second he dies, his wife is no longer married to him, and his slave is no longer owned by him. It's owned by the kids. So when you say Write a get to my wife, unless the get if the get was not written and not delivered, it's too late. In get lachamis, there's no such thing as as writing and delivering a get after the person passed away. But chenu manel ishploini. But if you say give that guy a hundred dollars, no star, just give it to him. The halacha is yitnu lachamis. You deliver it. Now that last line kind of sounds like we're talking about someone who's on his deathbed because if you're not on your deathbed, right? Again, someone just says. Give him $100. Now, if the person's on his deathbed, I get it. There's a concept that although no Kenyan is made, on your deathbed, we mitzvah kind of remes. If the person is healthy, and I just said, give him a dollar, $100, if there's no Kenyan, no, it doesn't work. So we'll have to understand exactly what is this case of the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Amr bar bar Rav, v'hu, now this makes it even more confusing. Let's assume, very simply put, let's go with Pashup Shad. We're talking about a case where someone's on the deathbed. Okay, so the guy's on his deathbed and he says, give him $100. The halacha is, you give him $100 because Mr. Kaim Devra Mace, even though no Kenyan is made. But, says the Gemara, Rab said, It's dafke if the money is piled over there. Meaning, the guy says, give him $100 and he points to the pile. Now that's very strange. Because if you're talking about someone on his deathbed, why does the money have to be there? The fact that he says that the money has to be there, that's already a confusing thing. Because if you're talking about, because it's sort of Mimonashach. If the person is healthy and there's no Kenyan being made, I don't care that the money's piled there. Nothing is being done. I could say, give him $100 all you want. Give him, uh, take from my wallet $100, give it to him. You don't have to. There's no Kenyan being made. And if we're talking about someone on his deathbed, then why does the money have to be piled? Why, so why, why the why No Kenyan is being made. The guy died. No Kenyan is being made. Right, the guy, the, the guy, the guy says, "Give him a hundred dollars." If he's healthy, and then all of a sudden he gets hit by a car, whatever it is, you don't have to give him a hundred dollars. Again, you're taking away from the yarshim, so it has to be that a real halachic requirement is to do this. Now, you still say, if he's healthy, it doesn't make sense. So you say, "Oh, he's on his deathbed." If he's on his deathbed, why does the money have to be piled? There could be money, could be in a bank account, or whatever. Who cares? So the Gemara says this kasha. What exactly is the case? If the guy's healthy. Kitsibur Mayhavan, then what does it matter that the money is piled there? No Kenyan is being accomplished. Okay. Hulay Mashach, there's no Meshicha, there's no Kenyan. El Bishkiv Mira, it must be that the guy is dying. And he, and he triggers this special halacha called uh, a last will and testament that if a guy is on his deathbed and he says, deliver the money, you have to listen to what he says. Okay. But then, Mayir Yitsiburin, Kiyin Siburin Nami. Then why does the money have to be piled? The words of a, someone on his deathbed is, is like a Kenyan was made. So why, why? I don't understand. So there's two explanations. Explanation number one is Amr Razvid Razvid says, we're talking about someone that's healthy. Now here's the kasha. If you're talking about someone that's healthy, so the money's on the pile, I say, hey, give my father the, the, my money, this hundred dollars, give, give it to my father. And you listen to me. Why? There's no Kenyan being done. So the Gemara says, there's a new Kenyan called Maimid Shlishton. Maimid Shlishton is a new Kenyan. The Gemara says, 
There's such a concept called Maimitschlishten, which means that if you have, um, generally when there's a monetary transaction, there's two parties, right? I, let's say, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go with depositing. We're talking, uh, we're, as I'll explain in a moment, we're not talking about loans. We'll talk about a deposit. I put, I give you $100, say, please watch it for me. So the people involved in the party are me and you. I want you to give it to Adam. And that's my money. It's, I deposited by you. The halacha is, a special halacha, that if all three parties are present, I could tell you to do it, and you have to. It's called Maimed Shlishten. Now, what's interesting is, so okay, so first of all, let's, let's, that's called Maimed Shlishten, which is if all three parties are present, and I, the owner of the money, tell you to give the money to him, you have to. Now, two things. How Maimed Shlishten works, like what's the mechanism of it, it's right now, there's a whole Birchus Avram. He has a whole Arichus. He has a big Chakir about it. But I'll tell you like this. The Gemara says it only works if the money is piled. Meaning, Rashi explains, this means it only works by a pikadon. Meaning, it does not work by a loan. The Gemara is saying it dafka works when the money is piled. I'll give you two scenarios. Okay? I'll give you the case of a pikadon and I'll give you the case of a loan. The pikadon is, I take my phone, I give it to Michael, I say, hey, uh, can you watch it for me? That is my phone. Uh, my money. Let's go with money. I give him hundred dollars. Say, please watch the hundred dollars for me. He can't touch it. It's a picado. He watches it. It is mine. It's sitting right there in the pile in the corner. I want to give it to Adam. We're all present. I say, hey, give it to Adam. The halacha is you have to. That's picado. Now that's not so crazy because it was never yours. You never had permission to touch the money. You never had permission to use the money. That was always my money. It was just in your domain. So I could, I could. It makes sense that I could transfer the cash. However it works, is it Kimir, is Das, is it the Amir, is the Kenyan, well, the Chakir is fine. But I get it. You could extend it, though, in added Chiddush, and that is, what about a loan? I loaned you the $100. It's not sitting in a pile. It's in your bank account, whatever, however you spent your money. I, in the presence of Adam, say, don't pay me, pay him. That's a bigger Chiddush. That is not what the Gemara is understanding. Because the Gemara is saying it only works when the money is piled, i.e. a pikadon. If it's a loan, it doesn't work. Which I kind of get because the second I give you the money and I loan you the money, it's yours. It's called Mabla Hitsan. You, you could spend that whatever you want. My sort of my ownership over the money is gone. I am owned to a claim. I, I have a claim against you, but I don't own the money. So for me to say give it to Adam, even though we're all present, my image and all Shloshanim are standing here, I get why the Gemara is saying. So the Gemara is saying it's working with my image our Mishnah. It's not talking about someone that's dying. And why does the money have to be piled? Because my image only works by a pikadon, not by a loan. Okay. That's the first explanation of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, no. Rav Papa says, no, 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 no. Rav Papa doesn't like this, as we'll see in a moment. Rav Papa feels that Maimit Shlishton works even by a loan. So it can't be. So if you're telling me that our Mishnah is talking about where the money's piled and it's not a loan, it can't be Maimit Shlishton, because he feels that Maimit Shlishton won't work even by a loan, as we'll talk about in the next moment. So Rav Papa says, I have a different shot in the Mishnah. What's the case of the Mishnah? Really, it's talking about someone dying. So we ask Akasha. If we're talking about someone dying on his deathbed, and I tell, and, and someone says, a is dying and he says to be give him a hundred dollars that Allah says you have to listen to him then why does the money have to be piled why does he have to point to the money he could just say give him a hundred dollars and he should do it so why does the money have to be piled the answer is because there's a separate halach of Rav Rav's has an interesting sheet and that is that if you have to understand you have money you have someone who's dying right the second he dies 
the money goes to his kids. Right? But before he dies, he says, give him $100. Then he dies. Special halacha that although the kids have a claim to it, no. A person on his deathbed, Chazal said, give it to him. But if there's a chance that he didn't mean what you think, we're not going to do it. Because you have to understand, right now it belongs to his kids. We're sort of taking it away from him. Rav has a shita, which we do not pass, and the Gemara is going to instantly say we don't hold this way. Rav has a shita that shchiv merah only works if you identify which cash. Because you have to realize, right, back then, immigrants still kind of do this, they would bury, they would bury, like, gold. So, okay, you tell the guy, the guy on his deathbed says, give him four ounces of gold. Then he dies. So they go to the kids and say, hey, uh, four ounces of gold. The kids are like, no, 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 he didn't mean this gold. He has gold buried. We don't know where it is. That's what he was talking about. Don't take our money. Go find the gold that's buried. Rav says, exactly. Meaning, so Rav says, a shchiv merah only works if you identify the cash, because if you don't identify, maybe he meant money that was buried in his backyard somewhere. Don't take the money from the, from the heirs. Go find it yourself. So therefore, so says the, uh, Rav Zvid, uh, Rav Papa, our mission is talking about a shchiv merah. So why does he have to say the money's piled? Because if the money's not piled, we're not going to take the money from him. Because if you identify that cash, okay, then you listen to the guy. If he just said cash, maybe he meant cash, it's buried. Now, the Gemara says, though, we don't pass in this way. We pass in that someone on his deathbed, if he says, give him four ounces of gold, you take four ounces wherever you find it. We don't think maybe he's talking about gold that's buried. We just give it away. So we don't pass in like this Mishnah. But that's, so there's two explanations of the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah said that if someone says to someone, give him the cash, you do. We either, and, but Rav said it has to be that the money is piled. Two explanations of the Mishnah. Either we're talking about someone who's healthy, and it's Maimid Shlishtan, but Maimid Shlishtan only works by a Pikado, not alone, and that's why the money has to be piled over there. Or we're talking about a Shchiv Mirah, someone on his deathbed, and the reason why the money has to be piled is because we're concerned by a Shchiv Mirah, you have to identify the cash. If you don't identify the cash, then maybe he meant cash that's buried somewhere else. Okay. Now, Rav Papa, my time in Leomak Rav Zid. Why do Rav Papa not like, say, like Rav Zvid? Now, Rav Zvid said that we're talking about someone who's alive and healthy, and it's using this new, new kin called Maimit Shlishten, that all three parties are present. You don't have to do an active acquisition. But it has to be piled because Maimit Shlishten only works by a picadon, by a deposit, not by a loan. So why do Rav Papa not say that? The answer is go to the next page. It just means that if all three parties are present and I tell you what to do, you have to listen to me. But it's only working, according to this opinion, by a picadon, not a loan. So the picadon is, I, I ask you to watch $100 for me, and then I say in front of all of us, in front of, I said, give it to Adam, you have to. That's, that's what the commission is saying. Rav Papa doesn't like this because Rav Papa feels that Maimon Shlishten is effective even by a loan. It doesn't have to be the money's piled. If I loan you $100, and then in the presence of you and Adam, I say, hey, don't pay me back, pay him back, that would also work. So if Papa doesn't like the interpretation of the Mishnah, we're talking about Maimon Shlishan, but it has to be piled because it has to be picado, and he, he doesn't all that way. He says, no, Maimon Shlishan works even by a loan. The Gemara says, Papa, He holds that Maimon Shlishan is effective by all cases, in which case the money doesn't have to be piled because Maimon Shlishan is effective by a picado and a loan. Okay, now Rav Zvid, why doesn't Rav Zvid like Rav Papa's interpretation that our Mishnah is talking about someone on his deathbed? So I'll tell you like this. He doesn't like that our mission is talking about someone on his deathbed. Why? Because, okay, l- l- let me read you the first line of the Mishnah, and I'll tell you, assume it's talking about someone on his deathbed. Tenu get li'ishti, give, deliver a get to my wife, and then he dies, you don't deliver it. 
Why? Because the guy, because there's no get after death. Mm-hmm. But had he been alive, you would deliver it because we're talking about someone on his deathbed. Here's the problem. If you're talking about someone on his deathbed, you don't actually have to say tenu. You could say kisfu. He, the the halach is like this. When, when, let's, say a guy comes, let's say a guy comes to you and he says, write a get for my wife. You write it and deliver it. No good. He never said deliver. He said write. Now, why would someone write it if not to deliver? I don't know. Maybe he wants to threaten her. I'm not sure. You only, you only take it further. By the halacha is that by someone on his deathbed, according to Rav Shimon Shizuri, if you say on your deathbed, write a divorce for my wife, and then you recover, whatever it is, it means write and deliver. So if our Mish is talking about a shchiv mirah, the word tenu is unnecessary. You don't have to tenu. You could say kisvu. So the fact that it says tenu implies that it's not a shchiv mirah, according to Rav Shimon Shizuri. So the Gemara says, let's see it inside. The Gemara says, Loi Rav Papa, Rav Zvid does not like Rav Papa because he doesn't say, our mission doesn't work by someone on his deathbed. Why? Our Misha said that if you said, deliver a get to my wife and then died, you don't do it because there's no such thing as a, 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 a writing a get after someone dies. Time of the mace. The reason why it doesn't work is because the guy died. Let's say he didn't die. He's sitting in his deathbed and he says, and they, right away they do it. They don't, not like our case where he dies right away. They write it and they deliver it. Good. Yeah, that's what he wanted. He's on his deathbed. Listen to what he says. But wait a minute. Here's the problem. And it implies that he has to, says, has to say, but we paskin like a Shimon Shazuri that someone on his deathbed, if he says, kiss will get le'ishti, it would be effective. You don't have to say tenu. The Gemara says, Ditnan, as the Mishnah says, Berishona, originally, again, you have to realize that when someone says kisvu, if he's healthy, that does not mean tenu. That just means write again. That doesn't mean deliver again. There's different levels. We want to, before you deliver again, you better be sure that that's what he meant. You better be sure that he is intending to divorce his wife. So originally, Originally, they felt the only person that if he says kisvu gele ishti, he means deliver, is someone who's going to be executed. If you have someone who's walking to the execution and he yells to someone, write again for my wife, write again for my wife, over there, he obviously means deliver. And he just didn't say it, whatever. He obviously means deliver. And by the way, why would he want to divorce his wife before she dies? So that's Yavam, is to avoid Yavam. But the point is, over there, he's on his way to execution. According to that opinion, only execution. Not someone on his deathbed, but let's keep going. Then Chazal added, Any someone who's going on a long, dangerous mission, let's say a long voyage, whatever it is, if he says on the boat, on the boat, right again for my wife, right again for my wife, they would deliver it. Because again, why else is he doing this? It was dangerous. They knew it. he didn't want his wife to be an aguna. Then the third opinion is Roshimin Shizuri. Roshimin Shizuri, Yomer Afa Masukin. Roshimin Shizuri said, any, some, any person who's on his deathbed that says Kisvu, you deliver. So, oh, so if our Mishnah follows Roshimin Shizuri, which we're assuming it does, then why does the Mishnah have to say Tenu if the Mishnah is, if Rav Zvid is right, if Rav Papa is right, that our Mishnah is talking about a Shechivmer or someone on his deathbed, and Rav Shimon Shizuri is right, that someone on his deathbed, Kisvu is enough, then why does the Mishnah have to say Tenu? It must be, our Mishnah is not talking about someone on his deathbed, it must be talking about my Mishlishnan and he's healthy. That's the shock. And the Kasha is, Rav Zvid doesn't like Rav Papa, that's the Mishnah is talking about someone on his deathbed, because it says Tenu, and according to Rav Shimon Shizuri, you don't have to say Tenu.
Oh, so the Gemara says, Maskif Lor of Ashi, Uman Neiman Asis on the Rashim Shizuri, Domer Abonani. Your old kasha is based on the assumption that we pass him like Rashim Shizuri. Maybe we don't pass him like Rashim Shizuri. Yes, Rashim Shizuri is the one who says that a person on his deathbed doesn't have to say Tunu. The Rabbana disagree with him. So maybe our Mishnah really is someone talking about someone on his deathbed. Why did he say Tunu? Rashim Shizuri feels it's unnecessary. It's, well, we don't pass him like Rashim Shizuri. Okay, so. That's how you'd interpret the mission. How, how you interpret the mission? Oh no, maybe he died. Because you don't write a get after death. It doesn't necessarily mean that he was on his deathbed. It could be he was healthy. He said, "Write a divorce for my wife," and then or give a divorce to my wife because he was interested in divorcing her. And then he gets hit by a bus. And then the point is, you don't deliver a get after death. It doesn't necessarily mean he's on his deathbed just because he died. He, it could be he was on his deathbed, or it could be he was healthy and got hit by a bus. It's, it's, it's unclear. So it still leaves room for ambiguity as to whether the Mishnah is talking about a shchiv mirah or not. The fact that he died is not indicative of it. Now, here's the Gemara's kasha. We'll end with this. This is the end of the daf, and that is, let's go with the Maimit Shlishtun. Okay, very important to understand the case. There's two applications of Maimit Shlishtun. There's Pikadon and there's Halva. Pikadon is, I take $100, I ask J- uh, Gavin, can you please watch my $100 for me? It's mine the whole time. You don't have permission to touch it. And then I say, in the presence of Adam, give it to Adam, please. The halach is that works. That makes sense because... I'm the owner the whole time. You never were the owner. It was just in your domain, but it's mine. So I get why I could say transfer to Adam. And magically, even though no Kenyan, it works. But I get the concept of it. Fine. The question is, though, it says the Gemara. Okay. Gufa. Amrav Huna Marav. Manalibiyadecha Tenelu Plain. My Mishlishan Kana. My Mishlishan is effective. Amrava. Mistabra. Milsadarabi Pikadan. Avamavalo. Rava says, I get it when it's a pikadon. I don't understand it when it's a malva. I don't believe it works when it's a malva. Because again, in that case by a pikadon, it's my money the whole time. So I get why I have the ability to tell you to give it to him. But if I loaned you $100, the second I loaned you the money, it's your money now. I, am, I have a claim to $100. I don't have $100 anymore. So I, in the presence of Adam, say, don't pay me, pay him. Why does that work? The, the, what's the mechanism of it? So therefore, it only makes sense by a picado, not alva. But, it says the Gemara, but I swear, he actually said it even by a malva. Now, why this makes sense? Now we're going to try to figure out. Now, here's the question. What is the svara behind that if I lend you $100 and you owe me $100, I could transfer the debt and I could say, don't pay me, pay Adam. Why does that work? So the Gemara offers one shot, doesn't true? like it. Ship it to Red no. Shibudar of Nasan just means that he could collect it. Does it mean that I could, without a Kenyan, require you to pay him? Uh, if, if he can collect it, that's even Maybe easier. that's interesting. Maybe Shibudar of is working with us. That's interesting. Would, I'm not sure. It would even be easier. No, it's true that he definitely can collect it as a creditor because. But that's also assuming that I owe him money. This isn't even a say. I don't necessarily owe Adam money. I just want Adam to get it. The halacha is, I, I lent you $100, you owe me $100, I could say, hey, pay him. Not necessarily, Shibudar of Nassim is if I owe him money. Even if I don't owe money, I want him to have $100. It's his bonus. So the question is, why does this work? So the Gemara offers one shot, rejects it, and then we'll end with the second shot. The first shot is, it's Marnami Amr Shmuel Mishmei de Levi. Shmuel said in the name of Levi, Malviyadecha. I loaned someone $100, and I say, Tenei give it to the other guy, and my Mishlish, and we're all present. Kona, it works. 
Now, v'taimamai, why does it work? So, Amr HaMeimar, Nase ka'oymer lo'i b'shas matan mos, shibud naloch lididoch l'chod da'osi machamosach. The Gemara says, this is the mechanism. I loaned uh, Gavin $100. The lumdis is that when Gavin borrows the $100 from me, it's, this is what he means to say. I'm going to pay you back or whoever you want. So the reason why it works is because at the time of the loan, you had... Uh, the mindset that you're willing to transfer the obligation to anybody. So the the the, the person who who received the money, the uh, not loanee, what's the what's the, last, the, the 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 borrower, the borrower when he borrows the money says like this, I'm going to pay you back. But the truth is, whoever you want, I'll pay back whoever you want. So at the time of the loan, you had gemiras das, you had the mindset that you're willing to transfer the obligation to anyone I want. So when I say at the end of the loan, after 30 days, hey, don't pay me, pay Adam, the reason why that works is because we, at the loan, you had the mindset, I'll pay back whoever Avi wants. So when I say Adam, that means just retroactively, at the loan, you had it in mind to pay back Adam. Okay, I, I get it. You had Gamir's Das at the time of the loan that you'll pay back whoever I say. Now here's the problem. What if I tell you to pay someone that, didn't, that wasn't existing at the time of the loan? Let's say it's a 10-year loan, a 20-year loan. 20-year loan, you borrowed it from me. And the way it's working right now is we're saying at the time of the loan, you had in mind that you'll pay back anybody. That person wasn't born yet. He's born a year later. After 19 years, I say, hey, pay, pay, uh, pay uh, Yaakov. Now, Yaakov wasn't alive at the time. You can't have, even though there's a concept called um, you can't have in mind to pay back someone at the time of the loan if he doesn't exist yet. So if you're telling me that Gemir's Das took place at the time of the loan, then how does it work if someone didn't exist yet? And we know it makes sense that it would apply even if the person didn't exist yet. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Okay. According to you, what about if, what if I tell you my instead of Adam? What if I tell you to, to Shmu, who's 14, 13 or 14? So he's, okay, so I say, hey, give it to him. You can tell me it doesn't work. He wasn't alive at the time of the loan. If you're telling me that the Gemir's Das goes back to the time of the loan, then the halacha should be that if he wasn't alive at the time of the loan, you don't have to do it. But we know that's not true. The Gemara says, Does that make sense? Even Rav Meir who holds that you could transfer something that doesn't yet exist. Rav Meir says famously that I'm planting a tree, I could already sell you fruit that didn't grow yet, but at least the tree exists. At least the people, the item may not exist, but the people have to exist. You cannot be makna something to someone that doesn't exist yet. So if you're telling me the hakna takes place with Gemir's Das at the time of the loan, then how does it work if the people involved in the Maimon didn't exist at the time of the loan? So how does that work? And we know that it works. So the Gemara says, If the people don't exist, then how does it work? So therefore the Gemara says, you know what, you're right. We thought at first that the way it works is that, again, I loaned Gavin $100 for 30 days, or for 30 years. And then after 30 years, I say, hey, don't pay me, pay Adam. The halacha is, you pay Adam. Now, why? So we thought it's because at the time of the loan, when I gave you the money you had in mind, I'll pay back Avi or anyone he wants. So after 30 years, when I say Adam, retroactively, that was the person you had in mind. The problem is, what if Adam didn't exist yet at the time of the loan? What if he's under 30, and at the time of the loan, he wasn't born yet? You can't have Gamir's Das at the loan for someone who doesn't exist yet. So the Gemara says, you're right. It has nothing to do with, the Gamir's Das is not at the time of the loan. Rather, we'll end with this. Elam Ravashi, Bahai Hano, you know what the answer is? The answer is like this. 
anyone who's paid back money from someone, right? Let's say I owe you $100 and you're hounding me. You're just like, every time I see you, it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. And I'm trying to push you off, but like at a certain point, it's not working. And then you tell me, hey, don't pay me back, pay, pay Adam. I'm very happy about that. Why? Because now I could start the games over. Oh, I could be right. like, I could push him off. Right. He's he's a new he. We have a new relationship. I'll be like, hey, listen, just give me a couple days. He doesn't know my games. So the answer is the reason why my mitzvah works is not because in the case of Gavin, I lent Gavin hundred dollars. Gavin has to pay back hundred dollars. I say after thirty years, pay back Adam. So we thought it works because at the time of the loan, you had in mind, I'll pay back anyone Avi wants, and retroactively it was Adam. No, no, no. It doesn't go back to the time loan. Rather, it's right now. I pay you back. I say, hey, the loan is up. Don't pay me. Pay him. You're happy to pay someone else because now you get a little more leeway because now it's a new guy. You probably can schmooze with him. You could probably... It's ahihana, this, this benefit that you go from an old loan to a new loan. You're so happy about that that you now have Gamiras Das. I now want to transfer the debt from me to him. So it's not the Gamiras Das at the time of the loan. Because what if people didn't exist at the time of loan? It's rather this Gemiris Das now. You'd say, why would there be a Gemiris Das? Why would you care to pay? Like, Gemiris Das means that there's like a, there has to be an assumption that you're interested in this. Why would you be interested in paying him or me? It's the same $100. The answer is, you'd rather pay him because you haven't been interacting with him. It's a new, in, new interaction. You could play, you could push around. He'll, ha- he'll be more Rachmanis. So says the Gemara, you'd rather pay someone new than deal with someone old. So because you'd rather, there's a Gemir's Das now to pay him now. And that Gemir's Das makes the kidney. So I guess the point is, it's, it's, it's a gamble, but you'd rather, Rashi says, The average person, they're just taking over a loan. They'll, 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 they'll work with you. They'll work with you. You'd rather someone new. The old guy's not working with you. I, give me something else. Let, let me work with someone else. I'd rather someone new. Maybe they'll work with me. And that, that decision, that joy, that Gamiris Das, creates the Kinyan right now. I will stop it. Okay, so it's a very Lamdashadav. It's like a very uh, Yeshiva Shadav.